0: You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere.
1: For this week's podcast, we are looking at the top prospects in every organization. Hello, I'm Allison Footer, and I'm here with Bill Latson. Who, we're gonna, Bill, we're going to talk about the prospects in a second, but I also want to talk about a little news that you're working on, uh, more of a feature story, but about um, Tim Raines. Of course, we've had uh, the Hall of Fame announcement was a couple weeks ago, and the discussions that follow that, and uh, overwhelmingly, Tim Raines is believed to be uh, not a shoe-in, but a, has a pretty good chance next year of getting in. Uh, so I guess you'd look a little bit more into that. What can you tell us about that?
0: Yes, I spoke to Tim Reigns uh, last week, and uh, what's interesting is he likes his chances. He knows it's really his last
1: chance,
0: his final chance, and he really likes his chances, and uh, I think uh, finally he'll be the third uh, expo to go in the Hall of Fame, and uh, you can't uh, forget Vladdy as well. So, he, him and Vladdy could go in uh, all at once uh, next year. So, it would be no, good that's,
1: to see. That's a good point. Um, and so, really, I, mean, I, I feel like Tim Raines sort of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. Obviously, he's just, his uh, final year of eligibility coming up. Uh, so, a lot of people have left him off their ballots. But, in terms of like somebody, um, I think it was Ken Rosenthal, said if there was no Ricky Henderson, uh, we've been talking about Tim Raines being the greatest of all time, being the greatest base stealer, uh, one of the fastest runners in baseball. I mean, all of the things that, you know, his numbers kind of speak for themselves, as they say. Uh, but it's pretty amazing that he's still not getting as much support as, as you would think that he, he should.
0: It's funny you mention this, Allison, because uh, I asked Tim Raines why all of a sudden people are realizing what he did. And he really believes that technology – and uh, research from the writers is the reason people realizing what he's doing, what he did, I should say. And uh, you know, when he was with the Montreal Expos, it was rare that uh, they were on the game of the week. He feels that uh, that the writers now are finally doing their research on him, realizing he wasn't that bad. You know, you should check his on base percentage. it's really high. And uh, not just with the Expos, but if you look at him as a bench player with the Yankees, it's. It's like 395 or better. I mean, he was really a good hitter and not a bad outfielder either. And this was a guy who was supposed to be, quote, unquote, the next Joe Morgan, and it didn't work out that way. But uh, trying to be a great outfielder, though.
1: Yeah, I think next year we can see Tim Raines and Jeff Bagel get inducted, which would be pretty cool. So um, we'll keep our eye on that. Let's move on to the top prospects, of course, in the Nationals organization. So the number one prospect being a right-hander, Lucas Giolito. Uh, it says on our MLB pipeline coverage, which is very thorough and extensive and accurate, I believe, his ETA is um, 2016. We could, we could possibly see him up this year. Um, 21 years old, so he's had a long road. I guess it would be nice to see everything kind of come together for him this season.
0: Oh, no question. I mean, this is a guy who had Tommy John surgery uh, in 2012, and he's fully recovered. theres not uh, There aren't any limits on him. Um, You know, I spoke to him a few weeks ago, and he's really prepared uh, for spring training. He's going to be joining the Nationals this year, and hopefully during spring training he will really uh, show them he belongs in the rotation. And uh, I'm expecting big things from him. Uh, There's no question in my mind about that.
1: Yeah, so he didn't pitch a full pro season until 2014, as you said. He had the Tommy John surgery. He played in the Futures game, um, which is always – there is a – like, the success rate of guys who play in the Futures game to actually get into the big leagues is, like, some 80, 80% plus, which is mm-hmm. pretty amazing. Right. Um, and so let's look at his uh, his uh, qualifications here. So he's got a, a mid-to-upper 90s fastball, he's touched 100, a 12-to-6 curveball, um, which is nearly as good as his fastball. So that's got to be nice to have a secondary pitch that's that good, and then um, – and then he seems to be making progress with a change-up, which is always kind of a crucial thing to decide if the guy's going to be a starting pitcher. So looks like all the tools are there. It's just a matter of putting it together.
0: Oh, no doubt.
1: And let me tell
0: you, Allison, you know, when I spoke to him. He said I think the key for his season will be the change-up because if he has the change-up, he will be successful in the mound. He said he can throw the change-up at any count, and that's the key. I mean, he did it a lot last year. And if he can throw that change up 2 and then throw strikes for it, uh, he's going to be dangerous. And I'm expecting him to be one of the starters. I, I know uh, he hasn't played yet, but I'm predicting he'll be one of the starters in 2016.
1: Yeah, they, they have to feel pretty good. I mean, not to get too far off the topic, but going in 2016, I mean, we talked about this a little bit last time, but uh, the fact that this is still a hugely talented team, um, and, ha- they have, you know, everyone talks about the Mets starting pitching, depth, which is, like, amazing. Like, they're they're starting four in the big league. But um, but the Nationals, they have always been consistently deep in pitching, and they have to feel pretty good when they have, um, you know, like Giolito and, and those caliber guys coming up that it gives them such a cushion in case something happens to their other regular starters.
0: Oh, there's, there's no question about it. I mean, you saw it. They uh, let uh... – Jordan go. I mean, they really feel that uh, Joe Ross will be in that rotation as well. So, I mean, yes, they, they are really deep when it comes to their pitching. Um, yeah. I think the the biggest need big time will be getting some left-handed bats in the minor league system and improve their hitting overall because they haven't really, since Bryce Harper, they really haven't had, uh, or even Rendon, they haven't really had a, a good hitter, come up through the minors um, in a while. So hopefully that will happen soon.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny, and I'm sure it's not funny, haha, but the fact that when your team is really, really bad consistently over a number of years, then they get to the pick first in the draft. Um, and then, right. as these times happen in the big leagues, and then all of a sudden you're picking 26, 27, 28 um, in the first round, it gets less fun uh, for an organization to have, like, to be able to pick the cream of the crop. You have to get a little bit more creative, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, but I'm not worried about the Nationals in that regard. You know, I will never question Mike Rizzo when it comes to evaluating talent. He'll find a way, uh, you know, to really not only get the hitting, but even get more uh, pitching, starting, and relieving. So um, I'm not worried about Mike Rizzo in that regard.
1: Yeah, he definitely knows how to figure it out. Um, So the number two prospect being Trey Turner, uh, shortstop. And he actually debuted last year, so we're not completely unfamiliar with him. He played in 27 games, had 40 at bats. Um, he only hit 225, but I, you can't really judge on just that very small sampling. Um, right. So, so, he's a pretty interesting guy. He has good speed, could be a, maybe a top of the order hitter. He could
0: be, or the bottom of the order, but it's going to be interesting to see if he really makes uh, the team this year. And the reason I say that. Uh, you know, there's talk in the organization, I spoke to some people as well, who have said that Trey Turner might start the year in the minor leagues, right, just to get some more seasoning. Um, you know, that's going to be interesting. I mean, he'll be competing for a spot in the, in the uh, at shortstop and second base, but uh, it's, it's a wait-and-see uh, type of deal with him. Uh, I think uh, he'll start the year in the minor leagues and then really take off from there.
1: Yeah, so in some of the other reporters, some of the other teams we've been talking, and um, like some of the young, young hitters who have shown good plate discipline in the minor leagues, it's a very good sign of, of the, their path to the big league. It's when they get, if they're able to cut down on their strikeouts over time. And it seems with Turner that uh, kind of the knock on him is, is that he needs to temper some of the aggressiveness, and he, he, he tries too much to hit for power. And and it's understandable when you have a young hitter, but it takes, I guess, maturity to be able to sort of play your game and not try to get out of it, and that's, I guess, where the success comes in.
0: You know, I don't think Turner is going to be a power hitter. I think he's more like a a 10-homer type guy, uh, driving a lot of runs. I think most of his damage will be done at the leadoff spot. If he becomes good as the Nationals, uh, uh, you know, say he will, I'll tell you he could be you know, put up numbers like uh you know, like a Tim Raines like he did and you know, we'll see what happens. But I don't think it'll hit for power for Sure. I think he's more of ten homer, sixty RBI, a lot of stolen bases and a great defense.
1: And and just one other newsy item, uh, possibly Bronson Arroyo might be interested in um in the in the nationals. Of course, he has a history with SD Baker, so I guess we have to keep an eye on that, right? To see if maybe the Nets will consider him and see if there's a fit. Yeah, yes. Well, it, it can't
0: be no more than a mildly deal, Allison, because he's coming off uh, inju- coming off injuries, and uh, you know, to be honest with you, he's up there in age. He's in his late 30s. I don't see how he can beat out a uh, Tanner Rock or even a Joe Ross. And uh, you know, if, if he signs, um, it, it's gonna it's gonna to be tougher to make this team because I don't think he's better than what they have. I mean, obviously, you don't want him in the relief role; he's more of a starter. So I I don't see how, to be honest with you, I don't see how he's a fit.
1: I don't, I don't understand it, to be honest. Yeah, it didn't seem it seemed kind of odd to me. I think he fits more in with the Reds, but we'll keep our eye on it. So Phil, thanks very much. Appreciate it. See you
0: next time.